and welcome to another episode of What's on the Pile. I'm Nathan Besner, and joining me is Shane Lee. Hey, what's up? Jane Belcastro. Hello. And Jenner. Frickin' Coda? <laughs> I mean, hey, maybe it's really good. None of us have seen it. <laughs> now that nobody's seen it, don't, don't feel left out. I mean, okay, this, the, uh, the, I mean, I've got people like crawling out of the woodwork who are saying, oh, I'm so glad that nobody's ever talked about that movie before this week. Nobody talked about this movie before yesterday. What the hell? That's why I think it might be good. There's nobody in it. I don't know anybody involved in it. It, it must be it must have some merit. I mean, I know it's the Academy Awards, but still. we'll find out at some point. You, yeah. you, you, you were Let's, saying, uh, yes, this this week's movie is another Oscar nominee: Jane Campion's Western about repression and toxic masculinity, The Power of the Dong, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Unfortunate. Dog. The what? power of the dog. The oh, power of the dog. Excuse me. I think it, made, it sounded like dong. Did you not do that on purpose? It, it, it and that actually is appropriate. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, <laughs> starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, unfortunately, we are not a timely podcast. As this episode will come out roughly two weeks after the Academy Awards. And by that point, this will be old news. Uh, nobody cares anymore who won or lost the Oscars. Nobody cares about the shitty musical numbers and botched in memoriams. Uh, everyone cares about only one thing at this point, and that is Black. the moment Amy Schumer called Kirsten Dunst a seat filler. It's all anyone can talk about the next day, and it completely overshadows all the accomplishment of these poor, poor, rich people who are beloved like gods. Uh, anyway, let's talk a little bit about the Oscars. Um, I feel like just about everything was an upset. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Did Power of the Dog even win anything? It won Best Director. Best Director. Jane Campion won. It did it? Okay. Yeah. Campion uh, was uh, was now the third uh, Best Director winner. Of course, the last time she was nominated was 1993 for The Piano, which probably would have won any year that she wasn't up against Schindler's List. Hmm. Yeah. That, and that one, uh, that was, uh, was that Anna Paquin or Kirsten Dunst? Uh, Anna Paquin. Yeah, that was her first Academy Award. Yes, yes, it was. And think, I think her only. I think her only as well. I mean, we like Anna Paquin. We like Anna Paquin a lot. Oh, yeah. I, th I think that yeah. was her only Oscar, though. And not, not the other. Not, one. not, not, not exactly. Uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, awards specifically for the rogue cut of X Men: Days of Future Past. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I thought it. You said it. <laughs> Coda, Coda, Coda. Uh, I'm shocked Coda. too. I did not see that coming. And I got people crawling out of the. Like I say, I got people crawling out of the woodwork on my Facebook timeline, uh, saying that's a great movie. I'm so glad that it won. It's like they've never mentioned this movie before. <laughs> Nobody has ever mentioned this movie before. I was vaguely aware of it based on the three and a half star review that it got on RogerEbert.com. Apparently, it's been streaming on Apple. I, you know, see, I, I, good, I, good luck even finding anything, even if you're trying to find it on Apple TV Plus. Um, I, I, know, I, great I, content, bad front end. But leaving that aside for the moment, like like as the show was going on, I started to smell upset. But I honestly thought it was going to be Dune. It just seemed like Dune was winning everything. I mean, mostly technical awards, but also uh, best score, a lot of best cinematography. Yeah, so I thought production that production design. Because I, I guess Power of the Dog was the front runner. I thought Dune was going to take it, but I wasn't expecting Coda. No. Nobody expected expected Coda. Nobody's <laughs> ever seen Coda. <laughs> so name it's on some, Apple TV. One, yeah, na na name one person you know who has said to you in person to say, "Oh yeah, I saw that. It was a great freaking movie." 
I no, guess... I saw the uh, I saw the little screen up on the Apple TV, and that's all I know about it. That's all I've seen about it. I still don't even know what it's about. Children the... of deaf adults. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Although apparently the the gentleman who was won best supporting actor uh, was also the I believe uh, fellow who uh, played the lead warrior uh, Tuscan on uh, the uh, the book of Boba Fett. Oh, cool. And uh, also was instrumental in kind of creating the Tuscan language that they used. So that's nice. an interesting uh, bit of intertextuality, you know, leaning back to our side of the fence. But uh, hmm. yeah, nobody's freaking seen this movie. Well, I, well, Nate, you've got a three month code for uh, Apple Apple TV Plus. Yeah, that's so you right. Can watch it. I can watch it. Everybody has a three month code for I, Apple no, TV I had, Plus. I had, if you I buy had a television or. If you buy a television or a streaming device, you you know, you buy a $23 or $24 Roku stick or Roku dongle, you will get a 3-month code for Apple TV Plus. Oh, Everyone has one. That's Everyone what I has done. multiples of them at this Yeah, point. I had it for over a year and a half and it finally ran out. But uh <laughs> the they didn't have much the back dongle. then. They had, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, they had they, they had Mythic Quest and Ted Lasso, so I got to enjoy those during my free trial. Yeah, Ted. Well, Lasso. I mean, I can't I can't emphasize enough. There's a lot of fantastic content on uh, Apple TV Plus. Uh, like uh, Greyhound was uh, an absolutely terrific uh, sort of naval combat procedural. Central uh, Park. F- Central Park is uh, is really neat. Finch with Tom Hanks was good. There's a lot of good stuff in there. It's just it's almost impossible to find stuff if you're looking for it unless it's absolutely the most recent episode of the show that they want you to watch. But yeah, it uh, is very. Is it, it was very confusing to navigate. Even while I was watching like Ted Lasso, I would fire it up and it wouldn't go to like next episode of Ted Lasso. I had to look for it. Huh. Yeah, and it, was... it kept defaulting to like six minutes before the end of the last episode that you watched. Uh, yeah, it's... that too. I mean, people give HBO Max shit about having a slightly dodgy front end. It's got nothing on the sheer, you know, zig and zag of uh, the Apple TV Plus uh, front end. Great content, though. A lot of really fantastic stuff in there. Are you watching it on an Apple Apple TV device or on like a Roku with an um, Apple TV app? Uh, I'm using my we're, Xbox. We're watching it on the on the app on a on a Roku. Okay, I do have an Apple TV device, and I don't think we've really given it a shot on that because yeah, the pretty, it, the pretty, interface yeah. is like completely different on an Apple TV TV device. It's oh, they they okay. want you to dig into their hardware when yeah. you suffer their software. Yep, <laughs> it's super expensive, but it's super expensive. If you want, if you're de- if you're very deep in Apple proprietary apps like Apple Fitness or Apple Music or yep. Apple TV Plus, I guess they gave it the good front end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you want. Want everything but everything converted into faux Dolby Vision HDR? You now the Apple TV, the Apple TV may be the device for you. <laughs> yeah, we just got one a couple of weeks ago, and mostly because I wanted something that would work with my watch for fitness. So it has a very fine video processor. I am told. Uh, I don't know is that it is twice as good as a Roku Ultra, because it costs twice as much as a Roku Ultra does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would go that far. I will uh, I will say the interface is like buttery smooth when you mm-hmm. when you use the thing. It's really really nice. I just don't use it. I don't use it at all. I use my Roku because it can yeah. do more. It's such a nice operating system. Yeah. I have it on two TVs and two separate devices. Yeah. But all that being said is I turn on the Apple TV and it asks me if I want to connect my watch and I'm like, "Yeah." And <laughs> then I exercise and it's great. And yeah. it shows me my calories counted. 
Apple, pe- <laughs> Apple people gonna Apple. So the Oscars. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That what true. else happened at the Oscars? Well, I mean, I'm glad that they got out of the purely technical awards uh, for for Dune. The the recognition for uh, Zimmer's score, much as I liked Toto's better, and uh, the cinematography, much as I like Freddie Francis's better, um, uh, were were absolutely justified. And the and the production design. Yeah, I mean, it was a weird year uh, for movies overall, so I can absolutely see that as well. Uh, you know, sound sound was the no-brainer. Sound was the one that always goes to the popular, the most popular movie in the cat in uh, the, in the uh, well in the program as a whole. Uh, I, I can say Michael, say Michael Bay movies get sound awards. Yeah. I, I can safely say I haven't seen a single movie that won any acting award. I don't think I even know what any other than I mean, Coda was one of them, but I don't really even know what any of them are about. Well, King Richard, I guess I know what that one's about, but Best Actress, Supporting Actress, Best Actress, yeah, like actress. I, say, I haven't I'm... seen any of them. Yeah, not seeing West Side Story. Uh, who was the best actress again? Jessica Chastain for oh. something. I don't remember. I don't even know. Oh, who it was, was Tammy Eyes of, Faye. Eyes of Tammy Faye. Which I'm yeah, told I want to see. I, I actually want to see that. It's been on my list for a bit. Uh, I haven't gotten around to it yet. Uh, I was. I have to allow, I was just momentarily, I'm sure I'll get over it, a little soured on uh, Jessica St- uh, Chastain after having seen the absolute fiasco yeah. that was the 355. That was garbage. <laughs> it was hot, stinking garbage. We've heard about this before. Yeah. <laughs> we can't stop dissing it. But it's just so unutterably bad in a way that you generally don't see in relatively A-list productions anymore. You're, it's one of those things that's not supposed to happen if you have a sensible line producer. See, you're generally positive on movies, far more positive than I am in a lot of ways. So when I, I hear know. there's something that you hate that vehemently, it makes me want to see it so badly. Well, Jessica Chastain's shoes in the show were like top her notch. Sho- her shoes not like are she should be able to walk or run or do anything, but oh, all, oh, damn. Might find some humor out of this thing if it's that bad. <laughs> well, it, it's like I say, it's laughably bad until it becomes offensively bad. Like in your face. Oh, did I trigger you? Bad. Oh, um, <laughs> excellent. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's worth a look as a a useful illustrative counterexample. <laughs> I, I do like uh, that they ended up performing. Uh, we don't talk about Bruno to sort of acknowledge that they nominated the wrong song. Like nobody, I don't even know what the other song is from Encanto, but they, you know, that's the one that Bruno's the one that everybody's talking about. So they they yeah. performed that one even though it wasn't nominated. And they performed it at ten o'clock at night when all the kids were in and bed. That was my first time ever hearing that song. Believe it or not, I've, n- uh, I've never right. seen the movie. I've never heard. The, I've heard about the song. I've heard about Bruno and the movie. Haven't seen the movie. Had hadn't heard the song until then. Ironically, given that I actually had this conversation with a co-worker at, uh, at work earlier today, ironically, given that we don't talk about Bruno, everybody's fucking talking about Bruno all the damn time. There's... Of course, I mentioned this to her, and then she launches into, let it go, let it go, <laughs> better or worse. <laughs> it's like, point taken. There, um, <laughs> there is a, an internet subculture around this song on YouTube. That is fascinating to me because Amelia watches these these videos and uh, a lot of them just replace the word Bruno with rats. So it says we don't talk about rats. And every time it says Bruno, it says rats. So it's just 
they get really into rats showing up on the screen and it's almost like Teen Titans Go the way the animation is done. It's really insane and uh, it all came out of this one song and I find that fascinating that that's where our culture is headed. I gotta uh, check to, it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the culture has been d- descending toward a few primary sources and an extraordinary proliferation of derivative products. He said on a podcast that is both audio and video on YouTube talking about <laughs> movies. <laughs> the derivative products, uh, even in just in terms of actual running time, far outweigh the primary sources at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got an opinion. Like I say, I look at this as my current replacement for a social life in the age we live in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fact that it produces a a program that 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 people who are not on it is listening to is a pleasant byproduct. <laughs> hi, Skip. Hi, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> well, did we want to discuss the slap at all? Uh, I was t- talking about this with with Shane before the show, and I don't give a shit personally. Um, that's the side that I'm on is I just don't give a shit about this whole thing. And I'd prefer to just talk about the movies, but at the same time, it's such a, it, it it changed this Oscars in, in such a way that it became a culturally relevant moment that we should probably discuss. Yeah. It wouldn't have been as culturally relevant if it hadn't happened. Yeah. And, Part yeah, of no. me was like, was it staged? I don't think it was, I but I mean, know. you know. It would but, have been a very different moment if Will Smith had used his words. Hell, if Jada Pinkett uh, Smith had used uh, her words. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very limited in the degree to which I am reasonably permitted to have a take on this. It's an exchange between two black men regarding a black woman. I can simply, I yeah no I, I'm gonna point to the the meme that turned up almost instantly, which uh, I will go with, and I'll agree with the person who was posting it, who was saying this is the only take that matters to me, which was that the Wikipedia editor for the entry on Macbeth. Uh, noted that uh, Chris Rock had been on stage at the Oscars, and had almost immediately previously mentioned the title of the Scottish play and was almost immediately slapped by Will Smith. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Explains it right there. That is. That's it. That one's true. Yeah. There's a lot of should have fucking known better, but it's really not my place to say particularly. (laughs) It made for great television. It was great television. It was freaking spectacular, especially in Japan and Australia where where it wasn't censored. Yeah, mine wasn't even censored. Mine, right after the slap, it it went went silent and then it stuttered for several seconds, like maybe 10 seconds. That was the censorship. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was just a shot of Chris Rock staring and then it jumped to an earlier shot of Chris Rock standing there and then... Then it resumed with, uh, I guess, a silent clip of you could you could see Will Smith saying what he said from the seat, yeah. uh, but you yeah. couldn't hear it. And that was yeah. that was what I saw. The what actually happened uh, almost immediately turned up on Twitter, mostly through Japanese and Australian feeds. Um, that's how and, we saw it. Yeah, that's yeah. that we saw the Japanese first, but we didn't hear the joke leading up to it, which made it a little bit out of context. It was totally <laughs> the slap heard round the world. Yeah, 
<laughs> and then of course, uh, and then of course, uh, Will Smith went on to win the uh, the best uh, the best actor Oscar, which was that's so an, odd. <laughs> an interesting measure of cringe in its own right in his speech. Nah. Yeah. Well, even that aside, was he a front runner? I wasn't even expecting him to win. I don't know who. I, I don't know who I thought was going to win. I, I wasn't expecting Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it would have helped if any of us had actually seen King Richard, but realistically, it didn't feel like something that was going anywhere. So surprise. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to report back on some of these outliers, but yeah, I mean, realistically, we're mo. I mean, you, 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 you may actually have to play canary in the coal mine on us in this, Shane, because we yeah. mostly watch like way the hell out there. Either you know, well, you know, I'm big on horror movies. Uh, we're all big on science fiction movies. Uh, occasionally, you know, bizarro comedies. But I mean, we just saw, you know, an evening with Beverly Luff Lynn for the first oh, time, for pity's sake. So good. <laughs> <laughs> and after some initial humps, really loved it. The, the point is, we watch strange stuff. You actually seem to be closer to sort of the mainstream of the art house than the rest of us a lot of the time, Shane. Maybe. Um, I'm not a really big biopic person, though. Uh, I can't think of the last one that I was really compelled to go watch. So it just wasn't on my radar, really. Well, okay. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying you might get to some of the rest of this just on general principle before the rest of us. Uh, I mean, I do want to see Coda. I mean, that's yeah. I'm, I am now curious now. about Coda simply because I'm told it is a very nice movie. It's a problem when the movie that gets the Best Picture Oscar is universally or almost universally described as a nice movie <laughs> or a feel-good movie. Um, that's perfect for Best Picture, according to the Academy Awards, a safe bet. Green Book, anyone? I've never even <laughs> seen Green Book. I've heard it wasn't worth I've heard, it. I've heard enough about it to be offended by its very existence. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was directed by a Farrelly brother. And I'm sure people. it's performed spectacularly. I mean, if you put Viggo Mortensen and uh, Mahershala Ali in a movie, it is going to be well acted. This is the proverbial, I could watch those guys reading the phone book for two hours, and it would probably be well acted. The thing is, it would probably also be, by all accounts, a better movie than Green Book. <laughs> Just because the phone book isn't so fucking patently disingenuous. The phone I, book tells it like it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Green Book at all. Not uh, even a little bit. Uh, a black guy uh, making a white guy realize that he's been a bastard. Okay. That's it? That's, that's about all I know about it. That's about it. All right. Aside from, that, that, some, aside from that, some, some travelogging. And I think either Peter or Bobby Farrelly directed it. I believe it was Peter. I don't think Bobby has done a lot. Ne never been a fan. They Farrelly had brothers? their moment. They keep trying to kind of reinvent themselves. I mean... I mean, re recall that uh, I guess it was, I want to say, David Zucker uh, went from, uh, you know, top secret to ghost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Adam <laughs> McKay went from Talladega Nights to Don't Look Up. And what was, no, what was the other one? Big, the Big Short. Well, the, yeah, okay, that's fair. Well, I mean, Adam McKay is, uh, has actually, you know, kind of morphed into one of our, our, our more effective social commentators. Uh, but at the same time, there was such a core of intelligence in a lot of the stuff that he was doing earlier that you got the feeling that he was sort of straining at the bonds of what I've been referring to for crime any damn near two decades now as the quote-unquote stupid comedy. Not a comedy that is stupid per se, 
but a comedy that is based around a certain premise of stupidity. Um, I love we, Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights was come fantastic. Out, you like a spider monkey chip. Talladega Nights was fantastic. The Anchor <laughs> the Anchorman movies. Anchorman. Oh my god. You know, kind of the, the the heart of that whole field was the McKay and uh, Will Ferrell um, collaborations from around that time, but uh, you got the feeling that McKay was a lot more of an artist than that genre particularly supported. He wanted to say something more, so he ended up segueing into a number of, I think, pretty relentlessly entertaining movies. Um, I I love The Big Short. I like Vice. I like uh, Don't Look Up. But I, yeah, I, I mean, I go back to, I really, really love The Big Short. I think it's an absolutely riveting piece of filmmaking. I still haven't seen mm-hmm. it. It's really good. It's good. Cool. Not oh. least because it looks like that shit's happening again in the same way. <laughs> oh, no. For the same reason. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Slightly different reason now with the rental rentals being bought up by private corporation but let's stop talking about that <laughs> that's not about movies <laughs> why, why don't we uh why don't we transition over to uh our question of the uh of the week uh let's see what are your eureka moments uh as in the moments where you realized what a movie was doing that you weren't expecting it to do or to be uh do you want to let's start with shane okay well mine's pretty easy mine was mine's basically figuring out a twist movie by watching the trailer in the theater and this yeah. is a movie that this was uh identity by james mangles starring john cusack amanda pete some other people um i figured out during the trailer that they're all the same person in someone's head and i went to see the movie i still it still looked really good i thought it was going to be like a thriller it was a fucking slasher and a pretty scary one at that if you ask me Aww. especially at the time and i fucking hated it i was mad at the theater i was mad for the trailer to uh, for misleading me and getting me in that seat and subjecting me to a scary movie and i was furious and miserable and fucking hated it nowadays i think i would maybe probably not not react that way to it but i would like that movie better if not for the very very last twist at the end which i did kind of call a little bit before it happened but uh at at the same time it it, it's it's a wind-up machine i didn't actually carry anything terribly monumental away from it I hated that movie. I I, did I hated it because of uh, it's um, the way it treated me- mental health uh, mm. was way yeah. too over the top for me. Uh, that's fair. That's not how multiple personalities work. Uh, that's only how it works in the movies, and uh, I fair couldn't enough. I couldn't get over that dumb movie. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, it's it's a wind up trope machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it was well executed. the The problem, arguably, was with the script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I anyway, that. that that was mine. No, but, but you're 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 uh, you you were mistaken. I actually don't particularly like that movie. Shane. Oh, okay. <laughs> you mentioned it before, uh, that there was a movie you were going to talk about uh, before the show that uh, that you hated and that I probably like. I know I don't particularly like that movie. Okay, fair enough. But maybe I don't need to rewatch it. Yeah. I mean, now that yeah. I'm more, more like inoculated to horror movies. Well, it, maybe it's, it's one of those ones where, to. aside from the cleverness of its construction, it has no actual substance to it. It's once you've seen it, you've seen it. It has no further anything to reveal to you. We've talked more about it than anybody else in the history of time. Very probably. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I remember that movie. I saw it. 
Yep. That's that's the reaction people have to that. <laughs> <laughs> if they remember it at all. There there may be a very small, very small contingent that actually realized it was a slasher movie and are actually chalking it up on their good kill versus bad kill board. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's, that's doubtless going to be a very, very far outlier. <laughs> uh, Jane, why don't you go next? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the only thing that really comes to mind is of course, going to go see The Sixth Sense, not knowing what the surprise was. But um, sure enough, I we sat down, watched 10 minutes of it. I lean over to my husband and say, hey, guess what? Bruce Willis must be dead. And then we both sat there bored and angry the whole time. He was angry <laughs> at me. I was angry at the movie. You, you know yeah, what's hey. really funny is that's mine, too. Oh, oh sorry. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Except I did it to my mom. She went to oh. see the movie with me, and I leaned over and was like, this is so stupid. He's dead. It's so obvious. Yeah. And uh, I still think it was incredibly obvious. I mean, the kid says, I see dead people in the in the fucking trailer. Yeah, and, he sees, <laughs> and you see he has the same white stripe that the guy had before he shot, you know, the same white stripe in his hair. Oh, I didn't even. shot him at the beginning. That's what tipped me off. Yeah, well, I just figured yeah. he died from the gunshot, and, and yeah, I me see too. dead people means the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's been things like that, and, and, you know, unfortunately, Jenner knows I have a big mouth. If I figure something out, I'm going to lean over and go, guess what? <laughs> and then, you know, he's like, thanks. Sometimes, or... <laughs> I, sometimes, sometimes it's like, oh. Sometimes it's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, but... It's not that, you know, it, it happens often enough. Oh, I, you because, know, I, you know, I've memorized every trope. and well, Speaking every, of which, I, I, I had the same experience with Shyamalan's The uh, the Village and hated the rest of the movie as well. Uh... I was like, oh, this is modern day. This is stupid. Don't, and then... don't, even, no, no, don't, don't even make me start with my rant on The Village. Uh, <laughs> going back to The Sixth Sense, I actually love The Sixth Sense. Granted, I read... A capsule review in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, our local newspaper, that uh, said, just said that it had a twist. Because I've seen Jacob's Ladder, I immediately knew what the twist was. So I ended up going into it, pretending to not know what the twist was, and just kind of enjoying it as an acting, uh, writing, and uh, sort of characterization showcase. And on that level, I actually enjoyed it quite well. Uh, I am very good at ignoring stuff that I know. Yeah. Wait, Jay, well, you know, you, for, for, just for the sake you did, of a movie, trying to get you did a fair spoil shot. something for me only because I was in complete denial. The Owl House. Um, it's a children's mm, show, oh, and up, Jenner's all like, Oop. "Don't, don't spoil it." I'm, I'm oh. watching it currently. Okay, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, yeah. we'll discuss so it later. Okay. But yeah, he he well, he pointed exactly something twist, out to me, an and an I was angle. like, "No, no, I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to happen." <laughs> And unfortunately, he was right. <laughs> I like that ship. Anyway. Stop. Um, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> Leaving that aside for the moment. I didn't say I didn't like it. I just didn't really thought it, think it was a, uh, a, a I don't know. It just, I, I don't know. It's a kid's show. I just, not, never mind. I'm going to sound Anything bad, with but... Wendy Malick is not 100% oh. kid's appropriate well that's true but i love her yeah. oh man i have my hair white on it well not white but blonde back back to blonde just for that because man yeah she's great uh, uh i still remember the first time i became aware of her was uh dream on 
and I, I want to do yeah. a, research, a rewatch of that show very badly. Brian Benben never had the career he should have. No, he didn't. His episode of uh, or his uh, episode of uh, of Masters of Horror, the one that John Landis directed, Dear Woman, yeah. was so freaking good. Yeah, he was great in it. Too. <laughs> he was fantastic in it. Like I miss that guy. I wish he would do more stuff. Yeah, who's who's he married to? I don't even know. It's like Madeline Stowe or somebody. Okay, one could do worse, dude. I don't think <laughs> it is Madeline Stowe, but it's <laughs> um, it, just anyway. a random name. I don't know. He's married to somebody cool. Well, good for him. Madeline Stowe. It is Madeline Stowe. I just oh, it up. rad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Since, since 1982. So they just hang yeah. out being awesome these days is what they're doing. Right. Like, well, fuck, well, fuck, good for them. I think he became a kept man. I think she became a kept woman, so they're probably good. I yeah. <laughs> I think most of the money was hers, but they're probably just you know sitting back and chilling and just being awesome. Because they're both enough. awesome. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Um. Will the Jenner have one? Yeah. I mean, I got a few odd examples around. I like I say there there are plenty of instances I can think of where I called a twist relatively early. There are less instances where I felt particularly proud about it. Uh, what I meant by the original question, because I'm going to freely allow that this one was uh, was uh, was mine, uh, was I was thinking more along the lines of where a movie appeared to be one sort of thing, but it turned out to be another. Like uh, the the example. The thing that I was particularly thinking of when I, I came up with the question was the film from, I want to say, 2016 or somewhere thereabouts uh, called Mark Felt, The Man Who Brought Down the White House, with Liam Neeson as the guy who was uh, Deep Throat from the uh, Watergate uh, uh, affair, uh, looked like, just on paper, an exceedingly dry, straightforward docudrama type you know, historical thing. It turns out that the way that it is shot, the way that it is edited, the way that it is scored, and even the way that it is acted and scripted, it is 100%, you know, deep gray film noir, which I thought was unexpected and actually quite wonderful. It's uh, a movie that I went into because, frankly, I got it for a dollar at the Dollar Tree and have ended up recommending to quite a lot of people since then who actually have an interest uh, both in uh, uh, American uh, history, particularly American intrigue, uh, as well as film noir in general. Uh, It's a film that I was not expecting to be able to recommend as highly as I I could for film buffs. Another example, uh, the moment that I realized that, uh, I think I may have mentioned this uh, like roundabout way uh, last week, uh, the moment that I realized that Sphere, you know, the, the 1998 Barry Levinson, uh, Michael Crichton adaptation, is an underwater remake of Forbidden Planet. Like, full stop, no qualifiers. Um <laughs> It's it's just Forbidden Planet. Uh, and again, felt a little bit smug about that. There, oh, there was one other one that particularly stuck with me, where I felt especially freaking clever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I had it on the tip of my brain a moment ago. It's uh, I don't know when somebody does something that, appear, that appears to be one sort of movie, but it turns out to be something else altogether. Kind of like. Uh, well, I mean, so I suppose sort of the gold standard of that is probably going to be the Vol Luton thrillers from uh, RKO in the 40s, where you go in expecting, you know, werecats, and it turns out it's a movie about marital frigidity. <laughs> um, 
you know, the Leopard Man turns out to be a bizarro hybrid between slasher movie and film noir, um, just after the film noir became a thing and decades before slasher movies became a thing. Um, I Walked with a Zombie is a remake of Jane Eyre. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Actually, the body snatcher is a, something I could have mentioned last week, talking about something that is vastly superior to its literary source material. <laughs> no, no, it's it's that kind of thing where you where you expect one kind of movie, and it turns out that it is done in a style that you were not expecting. That's one of those things that I always find is a distinct low key pleasure a lot of the time, which I think may actually end up being something that we circle back on in uh, uh, our second half uh, for Power of the Dong. <laughs> uh, sorry. Power of the Dog, uh, which ended up having a very particular literary referent that I wasn't expecting it to uh, to remind me of. So I, I imagine that's probably something we'll get back to. Yeah, well, well on that, why don't we go ahead and take our break? Uh, we will be right back. back. Uh, next up, we'll be talking about Jane Campion's The Power of the Dong, a tense western about <laughs> repression and toxic masculinity, among other things. Uh, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Cody Smith-McPhee, and Jesse Plemons. Uh, what did everybody think of The Power of the Dong? I will straight up <laughs> say that Shane's been mentioning it for a while. It was even better than I thought. Than he described as being good. I mean, I just I loved it. I this, absolutely loved it. It was, this was super really satisfying. Good. Yeah. Um, in on every level, it was satisfying. It was a meaty film. Yeah, it the, was. This actually would end up in my top ten of the year. Granted, probably in the lower half. Uh, but most of my movies from the upper half are, are weren't even on the Oscars uh, contention list this year. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, so I, I remember when I first saw this. So this came out around the same time as Don't Look Up. And that very night, I was going to watch Don't Look Up. And then someone told me that it wasn't good. So I wouldn't watch this instead. I thought I was trading in a fun comedy for, you know, a depressing melodrama. I would watch this 10 times before I ever watched Don't Look Up again. Again, I, I think Don't Look, Don't Look Up is a good movie. But that movie made me so miserable. I mean, this is not a happy movie either. But this movie, this is something I would, you know, love to sit down and watch, you know, multiple times. Yeah, I mean, amongst other things, it is an absolutely physically beautiful movie. The photography is uh, is amazing, and if Dune hadn't existed last year, it probably would have been a very, very high contender for that Best Cinematography uh, award. Granted, that's one of those ones that often seeds as a default to Westerns in any case. Hmm. Um, but no, it, it is a beautifully photographed film. Uh, the scoring by Johnny Greenwood... Uh, Oh, great score! Yeah. Great score! I Tense. was really, I was rooting for him last night. I, I would just love for the guitarist from Radiohead to have an Oscar. I mean, you know, if Trent Reznor can do it, you know, John yeah, Greenwood can do it. Give it time. Give it time. Yeah, I mean, he does all the PTA or PTA's movies. I don't know if he did Licorice Pizza or not. But he probably did. But uh, I'm not his, sure. His, his score yeah, from for There yeah. Will Be Blood was amazing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I actually thought a uh I, it reminded me the score of this one reminded me a little bit of the there will be blood score uh it just did a in, bit just in certain spots uh i love the score i i love how it takes you on a kind of roller coaster of tension it, it's it's a yeah. very emotional score uh yeah. 
following through those kind of uh just the the it's like it's like fog uh, in the air around all the characters uh the way it it works i i really like that music i thought it was amazing yeah and watching through this the second time you know knowing what where the movie was going it was really interesting you know the first time i felt like i think it, i think you're set up to think that benedict cumberbatch is into kirsten dunst and is jealous of him and his of her and his brother at least that that was my take on it. I didn't get that, but that's you know that's that's interesting. You could totally do that. I no, I, I did I, think that he was jealous, but I thought he was jealous of uh didn't want her wanted his brother uh wanted didn't want her in his life because he wanted his brother all to himself. Yeah, there was a definite aspect of possessiveness to that relationship. Yeah. I mean, it, it was pretty implicit. Mm. Like, uh, you ain't taking my punching bag. Only I get my punching bag. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have a uh, I have a question, and this is going to jump into the meat of the movie, and I'd I'd really like to just start tearing it open uh, and really talk. Spoiler about alert! It. Spoiler, Spoiler alert! Spoiler <laughs> alert! I uh, so I'm led to believe, and I think it's blatantly true, but we'll see if anybody else agrees that Bronco Henry abused uh, Phil as a child. I think so, <laughs> and the age gap there. I mean, he was he's been dead for twenty years, mm-hmm. uh, over twenty years, based on the dates. And I think, I guess, Benedict Cumberbatch's character must have been, like, maybe, he said he was around the kid's age, so maybe 15. I thought so. he was yeah. 17. <clears throat> uh, that, I could have been wrong. I thought I thought he was about 17. That That is certainly an implicit possibility. It never really fully tips the hat as, as to whether it was a hero or romantic warship of, uh, on Bronco Henry, Henry purely on uh, Phil's part. Uh Keynoted by the point where you know they cuddled to you know survive a blizzard, uh, which actually recalls an episode of Taxi back in the day. <laughs> yeah, but you don't um, <laughs> you don't think him masturbating with Bronco Henry's scarf was well, no, a big tip off? Well, no, that's the, that's the thing is it may have just been him. Uh, the sexual component to it all really may have just been him. The movie never really tips the hat. It's oh. strongly, it's certainly a distinct possibility. See, I I kind of got the idea that, that he was, because he was, in my in my mind, he was grooming uh, Cody Smith-McPhee. Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. And that, that, was, uh, that was his uh, intention. Again, definitely just a little bit ambiguous. It was, because I wasn't sure about that, because I thought, because uh, Phil had been caught, um, you know, swimming naked and had all this, you know, uh, homosexual porn uh that you know he was it like might... i better get i better get the kid on my side i better i better get pete it's to either, like me it's either get, get the kid on my side or figure out a way to handle him later but if he had figured out a way to handle him later then it came too late because the kid had figured out a way to handle him a lot a lot sooner <laughs> so satisfying so, that ending was just amazingly satisfying the uh the, the line that uh that uh, i think stuck out for both uh, for both of us uh jane um was uh the bit where cody smith mcphee's character uh says uh you know that uh, that my dad think didn't think i was kind enough he thought i was too strong and Cumberbatch, f- sorry, Phil, uh, got the wrong takeaway there, which mm-hmm. was just to scoff at the whole, you know, you're too strong. It's the not kind enough, the implication that the kid's father basically realized relatively early on 
that he had some distinct psychopathic tendencies. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of hats that are not tipped in this movie, but they're not tipped in a very satisfying way to the point right. where it leaves a measure of ambiguity that I can embrace, but it leaves a measure of narrative catharsis that Jane can embrace, if oh, I may be so bold yeah. as to speak for you there. I mean, no, watching, I, wa- I watching it the second time, I mean, the way the kid, the looks he gives, the way he plays with his poem, that's, knowing what's going to happen, that's some serial killer shit. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> much more menacing this time around, as opposed to just being like, you know, just a quirky, awkward kid. No, this there's there's. It was menacing. Yeah, that kid fucking terrified me the entire yeah. movie. That's that's why I didn't get as much satisfaction out of the ending because I was kind oh. of creeped out. Oh no! See, the, to me, Phil was such this um, discordant, horrible kind of person to everybody. Um, I mean, he even his even his smell. Oh, you was could smell disturbing. him the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. Was, was disturbing, and then. Pete got rid of that disturbing bit, that disturbing, horrible person, and everything was a happy ending. That's all I needed. That was all I needed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, mean, I, I mean it, it's telling <clears throat> that uh, Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons never actually kissed in the movie until after Phil was gone, like mm-hmm. the very end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it, essentially, it's uh, it's the kid taking a very silly serial killer approach to editing the discordant aspects of his existence. Uh, <laughs> the it, opening it, line it, was, um, I only ever, you know, I only, my only thoughts were making my mother happy or something like that. Yeah. No, it, it's another one of those movies that, uh, that tells you exactly where it's going at the beginning of the movie and then spends, spends the next hour and a half attempting to make you forget that opening. Mm-hmm. Um, which has been a thing that I've seen a lot lately. Uh, the uh, the uh, the recent uh, very fantastic sort of werewolf movie, The Cursed, actually did something very similar. Uh, a lot of movies are kind of telegraphing everything in the first third, but carrying it across so effectively in the latter parts uh, that uh, we, we kind of don't mind that it gets telegraphed. Again, individual mileage is going to vary on that one, but I do highly recommend The Cursed. Just oh, me too. For the moment. Well, me I, too. I, I mean, I think the way it telegraphed was for me, at least, it, it misled me. I thought we were set up for a tragedy involving the kid and the mother. As soon as Phil laid eyes on the kid, I was like, oh, this kid is fucked. This is going to end horribly for the kid and probably for the mother. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's a good halfway into the movie after having spent a lot of noxious time in the company of, uh, of uh, Phil Burbank, Esquire, uh, that uh, we realized that not only is this a rumination on toxic masculinity or the idea of the quote-unquote natural man as inherently homoerotic, but ultimately that we're actually leaning into... Well, this is that bit where I was, uh, where, where was going to circle back from, uh, on from earlier. Uh, essentially, sort of a Patricia Highsmith-esque instance of, you know, multiple double and triple crossing, and at the same time, you know, a, a, a barely covert queer sexuality bubbling ferociously to the surface. And being used and being weaponized by one character or another, um, it, 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 it's a fascinating film to unpack. I'm a little bit concerned that in the present climate, it can be read as a uh, a variation on the kill your gaze trope or the 
untrustworthy homosexual. Um, no, Pete saw an opening. I mean, obviously, yeah. he had... I'm not I, thinking of Pete here so much as Phil. Well, yeah, but Pete, like, saw a weapon that he could use. Yeah. Because I, I think he was experienced with his, uh, with his friend, the professor. <laughs> and, you know, he had a little romance at school. And he was, like, feeling himself. And he's like, I'm confident. I'm good. And then, like, the, the minute he gets a chance... I to could trap this Phil, bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he... he 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 went. He was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna drag this. Out. I'm gonna make him trust me. I'm gonna you know make him kind of not think too much. And then, boom! <laughs> that was so good. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. did figure out the whole anthrax leather. Yeah, that that was the bit, <laughs> that was my the bit eureka you called moment there. And, yeah, no, it's, uh... it's like, hey, that's the anthrax leather. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, the uh, th- this is a th- this is an elegantly constructed suspense film disguised as a melodrama. Um, that that that's kind of my takeaway in this case. Uh, I appreciate it for that. If it if it was just a frontier melodrama, I wouldn't have been nearly so riveted. I love uh, I loved each of the characters. I thought that mm-hmm. that with very very little information other than what was happening at any given moment. Uh, we're not given a ton of backstory. We're, we're led to creating the backstory in our minds ourselves. It's all hinted at. And uh, they still feel like fully fleshed out real characters, uh, each, each and every one of them. George, uh, uh, I could relate with that character uh, being, being kind of under the thumb of the, uh, of the narcissists in the family. Uh, dealing with that kind of thing, uh, the way he dealt with it uh, is very similar to the way I deal with it, which is to stutter a little bit and <laughs> and not confront, <laughs> um, to feel bad when you have to ask somebody to wash up even though they smell like shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, I mean, the uh, this is an absolute actor's showcase. Uh, it, it is. It is not for nothing that all four of the main leads, I believe, were uh, nominated for uh, yeah. uh, best actor uh, or best uh, or acting Oscars. I think, except for Plemons, which is a pity because no, he was. He, he was. Yeah. Oh, good. He, he and uh, Mr. oh, B both were, of them. were both in okay. supporting. Yeah. That's okay. probably that's probably what got the supporting actor category is they split the vote. Uh, now, Ple- Plemons, I think, is rapidly turning into the present-day Se- Philip Seymour Hoffman. Rest his soul. Yeah, and he's, um, I think he's the lead in the next Scorsese movie. I mean, I've loved him since Friday Night Lights, and then Breaking yeah. Bad, and then, then he's did a lot of comedies and stuff. But I've seen him here and there. He really came onto my radar with his episode of Black Mirror, which mm. admittedly was a frigging amazing yeah. episode. Um but uh, but no the 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 acting is uh, is amazing. I I love that the kid from Let Me In now has a an Academy Award nomination. <laughs> um, the uh, it, it's an absolute actor showcase, and it, it's an interact an interesting mix of acting, Kirsten Dunst, uh, underacting, Plemons, McPhee, and overacting just enough, which is Cumberbatch, who absolutely makes a meal of this. Uh, he's very good at that. He's very good at that. He's uh, he, he, he sucks up the air in every scene that, he, that he's in, but that's what his character does. That is the nature of the role. He, he, he doesn't overact his overacting, if that makes any sense. It seems like, a, having never acted myself, that seems like a really fun role to play. 
just be the dick and just terrorize every scene. <laughs> and uh, apparently he uh, didn't he really bathe got for into like it. A, yeah, he, he went full method and like didn't uh, bathe for a while, but quickly gave that up. But wouldn't let anybody wash his clothes and uh, a few other. Yeah, wow. <laughs> he, he and Kirsten Dunst didn't speak at all on set, apparently. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. I you mean, know, I just realized that that uh, Jesse Plemons is, uh, well, not married to, but partners with uh, yeah, Kirsten they've Dunst. They've been together I since, uh, they, they played husband and wife in uh, season two of Fargo. Oh, I didn't watch it, but still been neat, ever huh? Since. Yeah. yeah. Need, to, need to get back to the Fargo TV series at some point. Yeah. Especially yeah, I haven't, looking, haven't seen the fourth season with Chris Rock, right? That's uh, the one I wanted to get around yeah. to particularly because controversial as it may be at the moment. I really like Chris Rock. I really adore Chris Rock. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. Is, is that really that controversial? To like Chris it, Rock? As, well, an, as, a, as an actor, he's, that, he's all right. That, that, bad joke has, that bad joke has gotten more than just the obvious blowback, but uh, t- leaving, yeah. it, leaving that aside for the moment. <laughs> uh, no, no, the it, it, the the acting in this is exemplary. The direction of this is exemplary. I, if Coda, I I realized that we were talking, uh, or I particularly was talking a lot of shit about this in advance of it, in uh, in advance of actually seeing it, and in advance of the Oscars, in the expectation that it all it seemed to be that all that anybody was talking about as a front runner. You know, either Coda really is an amazingly good movie, or more likely, this kind of got robbed, as did many other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still going to go with my favorite of the movies that were ask- actually nominated for Best Picture this year would probably be Nightmare Alley, but that was never going to win. Yeah, I mean, I would, yeah. I would agree. With, that was my favorite of the nominees that I've seen. But uh, yeah. yes, that was never going to win anything. Well, maybe not I mean, anything, but it was never going to win Best Picture. Yeah. Power of the Dog ended up being my favorite. Out of all these I that mean, we've watched so a, far, yeah. I, close I just really loved it. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll freely allow, I, I, I think it may have actually had more meat to it uh, than Nightmare Alley. It's just Nightmare Alley uh, had, I think, a lot more technique of a, of a type that I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, it's, I there, really, there are no I, wrong I, answers here. I, yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't possibly pick between the two. And, you know, I know it's not the popular choice, but I still, like, don't look up. But I'm not saying <laughs> it's my favorite of all three of them. I'm just saying... I, Really, enjoyed I mean, it. realistic. Realistically, if any of us had dictat over what uh, actually got nominated for Oscars, it would be a very different list indeed. Yeah, one <laughs> cut of the dead would have been up there. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe not 100%. for maybe maybe not for this year, but uh, yeah, for, the, the for the year for this, it came out. For, for this year, pig. Ah, pig. Oh yeah, sweep. <laughs> Another good one. So in a very, she had a very very small role. I don't even know what she was like a housekeeper or something. But Thomas Thomas and Mackenzie, I don't know. Yeah, what to say. From she was the lead in Last Night in Soho. Soho. It was terrific, which yeah. kind of went underseen. Came yeah, out no, Halloween I, weekend and still somehow flopped. I guess a lot of people didn't even know it was Edgar Wright. Like, like I, it was it was one of those ones that uh, you know, felt like an obvious sell, but uh, then the early word from people who were expecting the uh, the obvious didn't kind of go over. I loved it. Uh, I I. I know yeah, that your mileage it. on it was a little bit more middling, uh, Jane. I know you liked it. I liked it. I thought it was very stylish. Um, I it, it was, I don't know, a little too tense for me in, in ways that I didn't. That's don't look up. That's how it was. Yeah. Too <laughs> no, tense that's for me. fine. I, I, I mean, really, that one wasn't tense. I was like, oh, 
Uh, I mean, again, individual mileage would vary. My best actress award for last year would have been Rebecca Hall in The Night House. So uh, what the fuck do I know? Um, (laughs) I I mean, granted, that was actually a fantastic movie in its own right. Fucking see that. Make no mistake. Uh, But uh, that's the guy who's doing the new Hellraiser. I'm pumped. Okay. Um, Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, uh, yeah, just some wonderful acting, some beautiful cinematography. I, I really love this film. I, I couldn't recommend it enough now that we've se- told everybody everything that happens in it. And, it, uh, it's, it we didn't it, tell them how it happened. It's one of That's those true. ones that takes quite a while to figure out what kind of movie it was. Mm, but particularly yeah. once I got what kind of movie it was and what the, what the plot was, uh, I was all in. I mean, I would watch it a second time. It's it's a different movie the second time now that you know what's happening. I mean, see, the, I, I had no idea the first time going in, and even yeah. up until the very end, I didn't know where the movie was headed. Um, well, that's a, the, the, it's the pacing, and one of the uh, other interesting things about the movie is the way that it sort of ellipsizes uh, the time frame so that you don't realize that you're now months later, but there you are. Uh, but no, I think that actually works as much as anything else there's that phrase again. Uh, I think that's one of those uh, things that works for kind of establishing the lived-inness of the characters as, uh, 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 along with all of the other kind of joys of the movie. It's, uh, it, it's a bit of a slow burn. It takes a little bit of a while to warm to it. I know you were right pissed off when, uh, when uh, Cumberbatch slapped that horse. Yeah, uh, I was right. Oh, I thought off. about that. I thought about that during that uh, scene. I was like, know, I wonder how Jane feels. I love horses. I love them so much. And yeah. I don't know. I, I, agree that. I what think about him one, castrating I, a thousand of them by hand? Oh, no, I did that. I mean, you know, that's that. I mean, you know, my dad has a cattle ranch. We did. I, when he came out with the pen knife, I was like, oh, he's going to yeah. castrate. Yeah, there there are some moments of this movie that are, that are going to be rough for the fellas. And that, yeah. is, well, that is deliberate. That is yeah, feature, not bug. But know? I mean, that's how it's even done now today. I mean, they don't take calves to the vet <sighs> and have them, you know, put out. No, they have a little uh, coffee can full of, uh, what is that? Uh, antibiotic, or not antibiotic. Uh, something to sterile, antiseptic. Uh, sterilize the pen knife. Boom. Sorry. I'm Rec- sorry. Re- recall my standing line that, a me- that uh, I fall into the category of, uh, of believing that a man should never know where his food comes from. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so, anyway, sorry about that. I, but anyway, I, oh, I, I'll give you a, a little tiny bit of trivia. You know, Rose and Pete's last name is Gordon. That's my maiden name. <laughs> so right. I was like, so it's kind of, hey! so it's kind, so it's kind of like uh, my my swell of pride watching the original Wicker Man when uh, the uh, when the missing girl's name is Morrison, and I'm like, that's my clansman. <laughs> yeah, but see, I think it was more like you know, uh, my that that side of my family was from that area in that time, and I was kind of like having a little having a little moment going. Yeah. <laughs> so fantastic movie. Only three or Excellent. four moments that are, will really make the gentleman's business swell right up inside the body cavity. <laughs> um, hey, have Have you all ever heard of the uh, Missoula, Montana Testicle Festival? I yeah. have. Was no, that the I one have... that Chuck Palahniuk wrote about in one of his books? Yeah. He was, I have not, but I wrong. fully believe that it is a thing. Yep. <laughs> You'll have a ball. <laughs> You'll have a ball. <laughs> Rocky Mountain oysters, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious. Never, never tried it, but uh, yeah. I I had I had the opportunity when I lived there as a kid, and uh, yeah, it's a thing you do. 
Oh boy. Yeah. I, I would do. Are, it. are, 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 are it's they edible. good? It's not going to poison you. I was going to no, say, are I, they are they good with miniature minimal garnishment, or do they want a sauce? They want a sauce. Fair enough. Yeah. That's the I case with most sweetbreads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely want a sauce. <laughs> <laughs> White sauce or brown? Thank you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a. A lot of, lot lot of penis, uh, penis talk uh, this episode. Sorry. I'm Which so, is, I am so sorry. I mean, you started You started this, this off with Power of the Dong. What do you expect? Let's blame the, Nate. The, the, the point is the movie's queer as fuck any way you slice it, and that's in this case a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Any way you slice it, good one. Oh, God. Right. I did, that one I didn't mean to do. I apologize for that one. <laughs> Realistically, I apologize for the deliberate one, but uh, yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't. I think it's great. <laughs> well, why, why, don't we, why don't we transition over to a, uh, now a, my favorite activity of the podcast? Uh, Shane is going to, uh, bring us in on another game and, uh, Jenner's going to join him at some point. He's got one okay. too. I'll start with the movie review one where I'm going to read some, some really bad reviews from this movie that we've done on the podcast. Um, let's see. All right. First excerpt. While the film is technically accomplished, I've never been more disgusted with a film than I was with blank. I loathe this atrocious piece of trash. If I could have rated zero, I would. It's a terrible piece of work for which all participants should be ashamed. Second wow. review, I knew my grandpa loved the movie and considered it his fave, and he had somewhat decent taste in movies, but this, is, this just didn't have that comedy feel to it. I walked away feeling as if I had watched a Lifetime movie of the week. <laughs> Another one. Too much death and too much sadness. So very sorry I spent any money on this movie at this time. We need uplifting and funny movies now. Why don't you do it? <laughs> I don't know who that was addressed to. Uh, too much cussing on it. I'm reading this word for word. Steel Magnolias. No. Oh. The Exorcist. Uh, no. Uh, I wasn't the... expecting the comedy feel from The Exorcist, except, of course, that William Peter Blatty had mostly done sitcoms up to that point. <laughs> really? Here's maybe a giveaway. I was looking for cooking recipes and Kevin Sorbo. I don't know what that means. I got neither. One star. Kevin Sorbo is Hercules, right? Right. Yeah. What else does he do? He's so cooking He's recipes and Kevin Sorbo. He's a right-wing activist. Yeah. And he's always in the Dragon Con parade. <laughs> ah. And then I figure this movie was made as a Yankee plot to make Southerners look dull and stupid. Are you sure? sure? Not steel magnolias. It was not steel magnolias. And not bulldog. Fried green tomatoes. It was fried green tomatoes. Oh! Why would but Kevin Sorbo so be in fried green tomatoes? Well, they said they were looking for cooking recipes. Does he do cooking stuff or something? No, I, I have don't know. no idea. I don't think so. Well, fried green tomatoes, I guess they're thinking cooking. Well, yeah. they are fantastic if done correctly. Yes, they are. I, I made them after we, saw, after we did that movie. That's right. They're so good. So, all right. I'll, I'll do one of the, uh, the ones where I'm going to name a bunch of movies and one actor from each of these movies comprises the cast of a movie that we've done. So the first movie is A Serious Man. Coen Brothers Serious Man. Second movie is Inception. Third movie might give it away. Third movie is The Dead Don't Die. Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
So any actors on your mind in these three movies? Uh, what, was, what was that one? What was that musical? Uh, with, uh... Oh, Tick, Tick, Boom? No, with Kylo Ren. Yeah, Annette. That, Annette. It was Annette. Yes! Oh, it was, was Adam bad. Driver. Yeah. Adam Driver, Inception. He was in Inception? No. No, uh, no. No, no. Marianne Cotillard was in Inception. And the serious man, he didn't have any movies, was Simon Helberg. The only oh. other one, oh. the only other one I could think of was the TV set. Uh, uh, which, yeah. Isn't that I on do. the pile? I do love Simon Helberg. And the, Big uh, the, Bang TV, Theory, the, t- the TV set is on on the on the pile. Okay. We, uh, if you got if any of you haven't seen Zero Effect, we should do that as a double feature. That was the point. first DVD I ever owned. <laughs> I don't have it anymore. I don't know where it is. I think my brother took it. I know I've shown Jane Zero Effect, although she probably doesn't remember it. Have you I seen don't Zero Effect, it. Nate? That's not the one with Bill Pullman. Yeah, it is. Okay, then yes, I have seen it. Okay, so we probably can't do it, which is a pity because that movie is great. It is great. But I don't remember it. Mm. It was my first time seeing, uh, what was, who's the actress in that? She's been in a lot of stuff. She was in Breaking Bad, she was in Lost. No, she wasn't Breaking Bad. She was Friday Night Lights, Lost, Invisible Man, or Hollow Man. Uh, Kim... Kim Dickens. Dickens. There we go. That was Dickens. my first time seeing her. Jesus, her the database is spread, that, spread thin <laughs> these days. Uh, All right, so... Yeah. That, those uh, are, those like are I said, I know you guys don't agree, but Annette was actually my number two for last year. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah, that movie... That Granted, movie. there's a lot of stuff I still haven't seen. I still need to see Titan. I really think I'm probably going to like that. Um, <laughs> Palm Door winner. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The one about the, uh, the, one. Uh, the the one about the serial killer who fucks a car, gets pregnant, and hides out as a man with uh, with a guy who thinks that she, uh, that she's his son. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So, um, Jenner, do you want to do yours? Uh, yeah, like I say, hopefully this is not too easy, but not too hard. Um, so is this a movie we've done on the podcast? This is a movie we have done on the podcast. Uh, okay. Melancholia. Bill Skarsgård. Charlotte Gainsbourg. Zardoz. Hmm. Sean Connery. Have we done a Sean Connery movie? Who else, is in, uh, who else is in? Time Bandits. That I didn't the, watch that one. With that you. was the misdirect. Um, oh. <laughs> Star Wars: The Force Awakens. And probably a giveaway, although I think it may actually be on our list for the show. Adam Driver. Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Yeah. Little Women. Nope. Good guess, Dune, though. Dune. Yes. Oh. Okay. So it was Stellan Skarsgård for Melancholia. Melancholia. Force Awakens was... Force, Force Awakens was... Uh... Force Awakens was Oscar Isaac. Oh, Although, yeah. although oh. the misdirect was Max von Sydow, who was in the other Dune. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And Zardoz was Charlotte Rampling. Okay. Okay. The misdirect there being that Sean Connery, of course, was in Time Bandit. So you actually fell into all the traps that I meant you to, but you still came out on top. Hooray! <laughs> nice. Yay! I didn't, but hey, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness Shane is smart. <laughs> yes, Shane won that one. Well, uh, you guys want to call it for this week? 
I think it's about time for us to go. I think I think it's been plenty of fun. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. going to do it for us here on What's on the Pile. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at What's on the Pile. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, just search What's on the Pile. Uh, or you can visit our website, whatsonthepile.com. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs>